Parents Podcast. How are you today, Nathan? Good. I'm moving my microphone. Oh, there you go. I realized it was not in the right position. Is it now? It is. We're good. We can keep going. It's not covering your face, is it? It was not in a great position. All right. Well, we are going for good. But it's in a good position now. Yes. Well, this is Nathan. If if you don't know Nathan, he's my co-host, and I'm Molly, and we're not great parents. That's true. Just here to talk about being good parents. And yeah. What we mean by that is being good parents in the sense that we are raising our families and our children with our feet pointed toward God and raising in the goodness of God. Yeah, and our hope is over time, if they continue to seek Him first, as we said in our last main episode, mm-hmm. uh, kind of as their thing, right? Yes. That God and Maybe. church, that's, that's their, their thing. thing. If they can do that, that over time they will become people of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really key thing, which I actually think kind of segues into uh, the topic of this episode. Oh, yeah. So this is a mini episode. Yeah. And, we, and these episodes, we focus on questions that you guys have submitted to us on our question form, which you can find in the show notes. Yes. Um, so please feel free to submit any questions that you have for us. And so we have this one that we're going to just tackle today um, for the whole episode. So I'm going to let you go ahead and read it and then we'll get started. All right, so this question uh, comes from Anonymous. So, you know, it is an anonymous form, but if you want to let us know who asked it, you can also put that in there and say, this is from whoever it is. We won't won't And we'll name drop you. Oh, no, we won't. Yes, if you ask us, well, don't send your name if you don't want me to say it, but if you'd like some recognition. If you're proud of your question. If you're proud of it and you want me to know who it is, if you're a super fan. That's true. Then let us know. But we already know because you're wearing the merch and stuff. That's right. You're just coming up all the time. You got the hat. Keep talking about the merch. Eventually it's going to happen, people. That's right. You got yourself the little uh, coffee tumbler. It's all good. All right. They said... So I need to break up, which I like. They started with the word so. It's not a question. They're just telling us. It's a statement. So I need to break up with a parent and help my child break up with their child. Mm -hmm. The other child is not a good influence on mine, which has just recently become evident. I don't know how to approach this. Any ideas? Okay. So So I hear a few things in there. Well, the first thought I had when I literally had this, the way I read it, which I know is now not the correct reading of this, but I did say this to Molly, is, is this a case where a parent, and I assumed in this case it was a single parent was dating another single parent, and the child was dating the other single parent's child? I need to break up with this single parent. So this child needs to break up with the other child. It was very confusing to me when I, I read it. I think it means more of a friend. Thing. I also <laughs> think you're right about that. But, but you uh, did go straight to a double romantic relationship. Well, break here. up with me had a very uh, specific so connotation, wow. and uh, I am now wrong. We are assuming uh-huh. um, this is a question about a parent who is friends with another parent. Right. Right, and that their kids are friends, and that the parent who asked this question has recently discovered that this other parent's child is having a bad influence on their child, and that therefore these parents now need to stop being friends because they she the 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 child needs to stop being friends with this other friend. Okay, is that how you read it? That's how I read it. So, and I think that that's all we can read it as because that's the information we have, right? So we know we've got parents that are friends. We know we've got kids that are friends, and we have parents that are concerned about the relationship that the two children have because one is too influential over the other. I just feel like at both when I said therefore they want to move the whole family away from. I feel like we need a chart. 
I, we need a chart connected a, by by string and look at just different dots. I'm just gonna say, this is not the most difficult chart we could draw. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so what? Let's let's just start with the basic idea that I think every parent deals with at some point, which is there are once your kid is above two to three years old. There are other people who have lots of influence on your kid. You know, when you're when you have a newborn, I mean, I guess even if you have a newborn, you're sending them to daycare or something, but I'm assuming in this case, when you have a newborn and you're with them all the time, you're feeding them, you're doing all that, you primarily are, you're not just the primary influence, you're almost the only influence right. on your kid, right? But by the time they're at least school age, you know. Right, well, we've talked about how, you know, we, the younger they are, the more control we have, the Correct. more ability we have to control their circumstances, to control who gets to be involved in their lives, right. where they go, how much, you know, what, what they eat when they sleep. And those are necessary things. Yes. And as they get older, those things begin to change. And yes. we as parents have to have a strategy for that and have to have a plan for that. And as a personal control freak, that isn't always easy for me because the more that I have to start kind of loosening those things up because that's the natural course of life my child's going through, the harder it is because I want to just <clears throat> and control it. So yeah. I think what we're really talking about is the idea of control and influence. Yeah, and where so do where they we fit? shift sort of from controlling all of our kids' movements to what is yeah. what does it look like for pe people and things to be influential in our children's lives? So I think as Molly's already said, and I just want to hit this, I know this is not most likely just from what I've read, this is not the age of parenting you're at just mm -hmm. by what the information I have. But if you're in the age, I'd say probably eight and below, right. certainly five and below, um, control is your primary form of parenting. And here's what I mean. You don't go to your one-year-old and ask your one-year-old, do you want to go to bed at bedtime? You don't ask your three-year-old, um, hey, do you, what, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? You're, you're making the choice. And I'm not saying you don't include them in the decisions. Right. What I mean is they are not the one who are controlling uh, those decisions. Things like Behavior. That's why we talk about consequences a lot. You know, mm -hmm. when, when when my daughter was little, there was a lot of little pops on the hand of no, no, right? There were lots of no-nos in our right. house, right? No, no, you can't go climb on the stairs. No, no, you can't touch that. But by the time a kid's eight or nine, no, no, is not very effective. <laughs> not at all. No. So, but, <laughs> but I want to make this clear. It is very necessary. If you are a young parent with young children, control is not a bad thing when your kids are little. It's how you set boundaries to teach right. them what's healthy. Mm -hmm. So control over sleep schedule is really important. The amount of parents I talk to who have two-year-olds, three-year-olds who are staying up till one in the morning, Right. Because the three year old kind of and I don't I don't I'm not in your house, so I don't know. But this is what it seems like when I have those conversations with parents. Uh, it often feels like the, the, the toddler gets to decide when they right. go to bed. But your mom and dad, you get to decide. And it is going to be tough because they've kind of lived in a routine where they get to be in control. But you are in control because they are not going to make wise decisions. You know what's healthy for them. So you're in control of when they go to bed and a lot of their behavior, you know, mm -hmm. when a one-year-old is screaming and throwing a tantrum over something, it's okay to say, no, we're not going to do that. And you're going to need to go to timeout or right. you're going to have this consequence until something happens. That's appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, so I think control is an important part when they're young. Oh, absolutely. The 
I mean, it's it's a primary way of parenting when they're young. And it's loving. It I think sometimes loving. it feels like it's not in the way that it often... Let's go ahead. What I was going to say, it's part of training your children. And, yes. and it, you have to have some level of control. If you didn't, yes. it would be a disaster. And I think and you, you need to have not, more yeah. than you think you do. Absolutely. And I think... <laughs> Uh, and I would say, even if you're a very authoritarian type parent who likes to have lots of control, honestly, you're probably really good with young babies in your home. You're really probably. good at the sleep schedule you thing. You probably the, have that down. Yes. And so I think, but there's a lot of parents like me um, who I'm so feeling with my kids. Sometimes it's like, well, but they don't look that sleepy and they're going to cry when I want to put them to bed. And they're going to say, mommy, can I just stay up? And we're up still having so much fun together. And we're doing all of this. <laughs> And it's not until they're 15 and now they go, but mommy, I really want to go spend the night at my girlfriend's house. Then you want to take control and go, no, 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 I don't like that. But when they're three and they say, I just don't want to go to bed, they're so cute and it's not Mm -hmm. that harmful. But the control is important there. from those control years into, what does that look like, I think? So I think... Once you make the decision, we were talking about this before we started. You know, I'm in a more of a unique situation. We talked about that at homeschool. I have a little more control than lots of parents of school age children. And this is not the reason that we homeschool, but just by the nature of my kids are with me mm-hmm. pretty much all the time. I have a lot. I have the ability to control more. If you watch me with my kids, I don't look in control all the time. <laughs> but it's because we're trying to shift more to influence. Right. <laughs> but I would say by the time you decide we're going to put our kids either in daycare or uh, pre-K, 3K, 4K, you know, they all mm-hmm. different kinds of ages now. Just by the very nature of it, you don't have very much control because you are not physically with your kid. Right. There is another person who is in control. You have influence. Right. But you may not always have control. In what ways, Molly, because you, you have had your kids, you've been mm-hmm. working the whole time you've had your kids, uh, uh, how how long? I mean, ask when did your did they start in three k? Did they start in four k? So I went back to work with both of my kids really young, and for the first few years of their lives, because both of them had a medical thing that I wanted a lot of control over. Right. Well, and I will say once again, that's a different thing. If I had a yeah. child, and but your child had a um, in a a, uh, a, a special need that was that, but if I had a child who had a physical special need if i had a kid who had a special need that was mental related you you might have to extend what your control yes, I did, is so my control well i probably had more than i needed but <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that yes. uh, but i wanted a certain level of control around that area of their what lives they what and, they eat yeah. and how many people they were exposed to germ-wise there was a variety of different things but i also wanted to be able to go back to work so for me that meant bringing someone into our home every day and we basically had a babysitter every single day same person and right. so therefore i was able to control it by training that person to basically be as close to me in terms of what had happened when I was, you know, with their food and all that kind of stuff. So that was my way of maintaining control. But when both of my children got to be three, four, it was, I wanted them to be in some sort of school environment. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so um, they both went to different 
they, they both went to different schools, but when Henry went, he's my older one, um, I was terrified because I had had so much control, but I had to let go of some things. And I at first went in and met with the teachers and told them how I wanted everything to go. And then he'd come home and he'd have these notes and it wouldn't have been how I wanted it to go. Mm. So that was a little bit of a struggle. Or I'd think, well, just do this with him and it'll be like easier. He had a really hard time in the first couple of weeks of socializing. And this teacher said, well, he won't leave my side. And I was saying, well, just walk away. And she was like, oh, we don't do that. Well, I wanted to still control what was happening right. while he was there for those three hours in the day. Um, so that was a hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think it's hard for every parent. It's hard for every parent, and I think that we all... And then as you moved on to school years, you know, it, as things happen during the day or whatever, my child comes home and tells me about things, my... In instinct to want to go back and control it sometimes kicks back in. Sure. Um, but, you know, that, so that's kind of been our experience. But what I've tried to do is really have relationships with other families, other mm -hmm. teacher, people that are going to be around my child. That's right. As well as my child, obviously. So that when I'm not there, my influence is still present, but it right. isn't necessarily me coming in and going, this is how this has to happen. Yes. This is what's going to happen, and this is what it's going to look like. Because it's not going to be done that way. No, and there is a goodness mm -hmm. that comes about when our kids get exposed to other influences. Right. Um, and even influences uh, that age-appropriate, because uh, there are some influences, obviously, that are so bad that at any age it would not be good. But in varying degrees, and we're all kind of aware of this, influences that are not exactly the way I would want life to go. That I that they, they come across yes. a person who lives in a way that I don't agree right. with or that I think is wrong. For them to be able to see that and to, one, see that person as a person, mm -hmm. to be able to look and go, oh, wow, they're more than the decision they made. That's important. Mm -hmm. But the other part is for them to kind of look and see for themselves Oh, I get why we shouldn't make that decision because, and this is what I say to a lot of people about a lot of things in the spiritual life. If sin is really wrong, and I don't mean wrong like God just arbitrarily decided it's wrong. Sin is not wrong because it's morally wrong. Sin is morally wrong right. because it does not work. Mm -hmm. It looks like it works for a long period of time. I was having this conversation with someone the other day where they were talking about you have to live together before you get married and that it's just some God thing that you don't. And I said, well, the studies actually prove that people who right. live together before they get married have a higher divorce rate and a higher, a less satisfaction in their marriage. Sin is not wrong because it's just God's like, ooh, that gives me bad right. vibes that you're doing right. this. It's wrong because it doesn't work. And so if... My kid sees someone do something wrong, even if it works at first, when my kid eventually can look and go, oh, wow, their life is not very good. I would not want a life like I that. I would not choose that. Now, once again, that has to have an age appropriate. I would not allow my three or four-year-old to have spent a lot of time in those yes, environments. Yes. But if my 13 or 14-year-old is friends with someone mm -hmm. who maybe is doing things that aren't great, and I know it, mm -hmm. maybe the best thing I could do is try to have influence over my kid and maybe that kid. So and there's I, this illusion of control that I could just somehow control it. Right. So what I'm hearing us say and what we talked about is rather 
g- good parents are going to lean into influence right. rather than leaning into the control. We're not yes. going to grab for control at every step. We're going to grab for control where it's appropriate, and then yes. it shifts to much more heavy on influence as like our children's age, as our children age. Yes. Well, like uh, our producer and uh, youth minister Sawyer brought up to us before we were filming. Um, you know, parents, great parents, parents who have this idea of greatness, and I think all parents do this, but parents who are oh. really looking for greatness, you have created a mold, right? I, I've heard of women who who do this for their wedding, right? Like they had the wedding all planned out and it just said, insert groom here. Like they knew before I even met the guy, I knew exactly what everything was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And you do the same thing with your kid. I know what kind of job they're going to work. I know what kind of friends they're going to have. I know what kind of activities they're going to have. I know what our relationship's going to look like. And what we think greatness is, is you try to control your kid and force them, them into that. that mold and make it work. But good parents are the ones who go, what I know matters most is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his goodness, and I'm going to use all of my influence to try and steer them in that direction, uh, which which allows for gentle, patient kind of influence, mm-hmm. non-fear-based mm-hmm. kind of influence. And so it doesn't mean, like we said, when your kid is really young that you don't have any control, or it doesn't mean when you have a, a teenager, you still don't use the control that you do have. You have the control over where you physically take them, right? right? Whether you allow them to have social media, mm-hmm. right? But there does come an age, if you decide you can no longer see this person because they're a bad influence. When they go to school, they're going to see that person. How are you going to stop them? And what you're inviting them to do is when you check on them, did you hang out with so-and-so today? Well, mom, they're in my class. Did you speak to them? Did you look at them? Did you have this? You're inviting them now to lie to you. Yes, and you're also inviting, you, you've also now alienated that person too. Yes. Meaning, Meaning you've now tried to help your child see that that person is... Defined by the thing they do. Defined by the thing that they do. And that is not the loving thing that God would want us to do. And so I'm not saying there are no people that your kid should be protected from. Uh, But I would be very, I would make sure I put real perimeters and borders around what is the kind of behavior that would cause me to say this person is not acceptable for you to be around. Obviously someone who is doing something criminal right and trying to get your kid to do something criminal i would say okay yeah that's probably not a good idea or somebody um, who's going to do physical harm to your child mm-hmm. right any kind of abusive situation mm-hmm. um i would i would step in and do something like that if the influence is they use language i wouldn't want my kid to use they dress in a way you know i know a lot of because i have all girls i know right. other people they see other girls who dress a certain way and you now notice your teenage daughter wants to dress that way right. or they're disrespectful yeah well or... we have we we had a, one of our daughters when they hang out with one of a, a friend that they have they often come back a little mouthier than they were before and i've had to say to them hey i get that when when you're with them maybe there's a way that they speak to their parents that they're okay with but when you're with us, you can't speak. You can't speak to us like that, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to use the influence I have to make that happen, right? But you look at these situations and you go, "All right, these kind of things." I'm not saying they're not long-term harmful. Oh, if my kid dresses this way, then they'll get into this and that. Or oh, if they speak people this way, we go to that. Uh, 
what is Jason, uh, who's on staff here, he's a counselor, catastrophizing. That's what he calls it in, in his, you know, I take this little thing and I go, it's a basically the slippery slope approach, right? right? Which is, this is the gateway. They're going to do, this, they're going to dress this way and then they're going to be a teen mom and I'm going to be raising their kid. Right. Like you go to all of those things. Well, we go to the worst <laughs> Yes, and if you if you would choose in that situation to not be a great parent who reaches for control and says, Mm-mm, yeah, no. Now, once again, you do have control. If, if you've got a 13, 14-year-old kid and they want to buy clothes that you're not comfortable with and they don't have money to buy it, it's very easy for you to go, I'm not buying you right. clothes like that. Mm-hmm. So that is control you have. But by the time they're 16, 17, are they going to get to make that choice for themselves? You're going to have to figure all of that out. So the, I think the conversation we want to have is, in, now that we've kind of done a, a general overview, which I think has been, when they're young, you need to have control. Mm-hmm. And your goal is, and I said this to my girls the other day, I don't create rules. It's a little bit like Jesus said, uh, you know, Sabbath was not made it's the other way around. Man was not made for Sabbath. Right. Sabbath was made for man. Mm-hmm. God didn't make rules, commands. It's this thing we're saying about sin. He didn't make it because he wants to control me. He wants to put boundaries around what is good and healthy to block out the things that are not good and healthy mm-hmm. so that I become the kind of person that he could trust to live in his kingdom, right. that he could trust, as we said last week, to be in that community with the lamb at the center. So I said to my girls, you know, Look, here's the truth. All I'm looking for is I want you to become the kind of person that I could trust. Mm-hmm. I want to have a relationship with you. When you're an adult, I want to be your friend, but I can't be friends with people who are constantly disrespectful. I just, I, I can't be. I can I can be in relationship with you, yeah. but you are not going to be a trusting friendship to me. Right. You're a person that I'm trying to sway towards Jesus. You're not a person I trust. Mm-hmm. If you're lying to me all the time, Right. If we, you know, and this is how I see obedience. Maybe this is not right. That that is a relational agreement we make. When you're the parent, your part in the relationship is I tell you what to do, and the agreement we make is that you will do what I tell you to do. And when you choose to say yes, Daddy, I won't watch that TV show. But then when I'm not around, you do. That's not only dishonest. It's a break in the agreement. You didn't hold up yours. Well, I don't have friendships with people where I say, hey, um, I'm going to be, will you come help me with this project? Yep, I'll be there. And then they go, well, you know, they don't ever call me. And then I'm left holding the bag. Eventually, you have to get into these things. Mm -hmm. And what I want for my kid is for to be able to have influence, not control. Mm -hmm. That's where I want to get. So when my kid is little, lots of control. Mm-hmm. By the time that just by the nature of them being out of my presence, I don't have as much control. I start slowly moving to influence. You should still have more control of your eight-year-old than your 18-year-old. It's not like one day it's, hey, yes. now we're going to influence. Here's the here keys. Do whatever no. you got to do. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a gradual, you know, it's a, it's a weight thing. You're yes. And when they're little, I would have lots of control over who they're hanging out with. I would want them to be the right influences mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. But by the time they're 13, 14, I have very little control. If I try to put a lot of control over who you get to spend time with, when you go to school and want to hang out with that kid or you come to church, maybe this kid is a kid who goes to church and you don't, you don't like their influence. When, if they choose to hang out with them, I don't get to control it. And all I'm either doing is forcing them to, be, to, to uh, try and rebel against me or to somehow be dishonest with me mm-hmm. or just be in this weird, awkward situation where they're like, well, my mom doesn't like you, so I can't be friends with you. Oh, that's fun. So it's this weird thing where you have, and then what ends up happening is when you grasp for control, when you're not 
able to have it, you actually lose all control. Yes. Because eventually, once your kid's not telling you the truth, you think you're in control, they but have you're it all. not. They're in the whole thing because all they have to do. This is how simple it is, Molly. Let's role play this a little. You be, you oh, be my okay. mom. You've told me not to hang out with Sawyer, okay? Mm. So ask me, did I? Did I hang out with? Sawyer? How was your day today? My day was really great. I followed every rule that is possible. Hey, was Sawyer at school today? You know, I didn't even notice. Really? Yeah, you know, I maybe he was there, but mom, I didn't hang out with him. You told me not to hang out with him, and I didn't. That's great. That, I, I'm really glad that you did what I asked. And I'm being 100% honest with you. Now I'm going to go get on my phone and tell Sawyer how big an idiot my mom is that she bought it. Exactly. Because we hung out all day. And trust me, Sawyer and I love to constantly joke with each other about how, how dumb other people are. Or so. it could look like you say that to me and, what, and go back, okay. rewind, and now how was your day? Oh, it was good. Did you see Sawyer today? Uh, yeah. Did you hang out with him? No. Are you lying to me? No, I wouldn't lie to you. And now we get into this big... Yeah, now there's a combative relationship. Why don't because you now me? I don't believe him. And now you've got this thing where you don't have control, and you also think, I can't trust my kid. And now I have less influence than I had even before. I and maybe he didn't hang out with Sawyer, but you are so fearful that you realize he was not there. It To me, it creates a really just bad dynamic in the home to create mm -hmm. that trusting influence you want. So let's talk about the specific question because yeah. this one's a little different. I wanted to be broad at the beginning right. for all people to kind of begin to think about in their own situation, what influence do I have? So in this question, I would first start with... What is I, I what is the influence? What is the bad yeah. what is the bad behavior? So if it's something we talked about, like if the influence is the things that are really a problem, um, if it's Yeah, if this kid is somehow doing I don't know. something that harms themselves, if yes. it's doing something that harms your child, if it's doing if it's something that And is let's make that even more illegal. clear. If it is something that is doing physical harm, if mm -hmm. they are if they are somehow involved in drug activity, right, drinking, something like that, if it's something sexual that's going on, that's physical harm. I don't mean harm like, well, it's harmful to your soul to, to say a curse word. Yeah, like I don't mean that. that. I mean actual harm no. to your body or your person. Like you said, criminal activity. Criminal activity. Right. Physical I mean Yeah. Physical. At that oh, point, I might want to step and be like, hey, look, I really think. But once again, if I don't... you don't like what this kid's interested in doing, if this kid yes. has different They're lazy interests, and you don't like lazy, that they're lazy. You think they talk to their parents about that is not what we mean. Yeah, or they're saying language that you wouldn't want your kid to use. We're talking... We If... If this is something very specific that these are issues that really need to be addressed, yeah, that's and the and don't you think you approach. would do it either way? Even with the one where it's like criminal activity, don't you think you would step in from a place of influence? And I'm not saying that you wouldn't put somehow consequences involved, right? Like you use the little bit of control you have of hey, well then I own the car, so I'm going to take the keys, right? Or I own your phone, so I'm going to take the phone. I'm not saying those things. Those may be the appropriate boundaries. A level of boundaries to put in place. But I would always start from a level of influence where I would go to them and I would go, hey, I've seen this mm -hmm. in this other kid. How do you feel about that? Right. You know, or I, I heard that they did this. How do you feel about that? And, if, and allow it to be from a place of conversation. Now, once again, because you gave us very little info, if you somehow know that both of the kids are involved, one, I always want to say, how do you know your kid's not the bad influence on them? Well, you always have to wonder that. <laughs> if, you, if, if they're both doing this thing that you don't want, why are you so sure that the other kid is the bad influence? But maybe you have a reason to think that. Right. 
but regardless, I would still want to have a conversation, not just a, I'm laying down the law, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. From now on, you live under my house, this is the way the rules are. You are not hanging out with this person, you are not having a relationship with the person. That is not going to be an effective way to handle this. Yeah, I would want to have influence. So if it's a really bad situation where you do need to step in and you need to make something happen, I would try to have a conversation, and then I would put boundaries around it saying, hey, I'm okay if you want to talk to this person. I'm not going to take them out, but I'm not okay with you hanging out alone with them. Right. Or I'm not okay with you guys, you know, and if it's something like, I don't know. I I mean, I don't know because you put just, it's very open. If it is something like drug related or sexual or something like that, I would put specific boundaries around those things. And I would be like, hey, I would like you guys to figure out how you're not going to do this. Let's make agreements together. I would always make it conversational. Mm-hmm. And and talking to them. I mean, it's always yes. got to be their part of the conversation. So if you're going to ask these questions, you need to listen to their answers. Yes. and This I would, is not a you say it to sound like you're going to listen and then and you're that still going to lay down the law. Yeah, that doesn't mean they get to determine what you think no, is right. No, you get to hear them. You get to hear them out. So I would start with not assuming that you know what's going on. Not assuming that the other kid's the bad influence and your kid's the good influence. Uh, And I would try to have a conversation. Now, that's all if it's like something pretty damaging that you need to step in on. If it's something you just don't like, Mm -hmm. I don't like the way they dress, I don't like the way they talk, I don't like the music they listen to, they watch R-rated movies and you're not old enough to watch R-rated movies. I would, once again, try to have a conversation and just say, hey, I've heard them using this language. This is where your influence as a parent needs to be bigger than yes. the other influence or at least you you as a parent having those conversations that is going to have more weight yes. than you think and so I would have that conversation with them of hey let's try and figure this out I don't I don't necessarily like hearing you say those words I don't I don't think you should be dressing that way. And then tell them, and here's why. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should show our bodies in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a precious gift. You know, our sexuality is a precious gift that God intended to be for us just with our, you know, if it's your daughter, you know, with your husband or, right. you know, if, son, it's your wife. You know, that you, those are things that you're trying to save for them and, and you want it to be precious. And you have a conversation that's a heart-to-heart conversation, not a, oh, you've disappointed me so much and here's the, the boundary around it. And, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the different things, I would do that. But the other part of this, and Molly really hit on this, and I think it's important, is you're also mentioning I need to break up with the parent. Yeah, this is the part of the, this is the part that is different in this. I mean, yes. I think that this is a part that makes this uh, a, another layer in this. Yeah. But... Um, the first part of the question was, so I need to break up with another family, basically. And so, um, for me, when I hear that, I go, no, 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 because one, I don't know what the context of the parent's relationship is, but, um, you know, I think if the, if these are two families that, let's say they're two families that go to our church, for example, Breaking up is not a great solution. Not, no. I, I think once again, I think there's nothing harmful going on. Yeah, and I think conversation again at the parent level is an okay thing. You know, I think it it's it's much more loving to be doing that than it is to just be breaking up with another family. Yeah. And, and, so and if you do that at the parent level, you're setting that same example for your children that, yes. hey, when people aren't doing what we like, we just cut them out. Yes. Well, and I think, so I think that's a really good point, Molly. And once again, because you're about, who do I have influence over? If this is, this is obviously a parent you have 
a relationship. This isn't like a, a kid at school that you have no way to really know who their parent is and exactly. talk to them. This is someone you're in relationship with. And maybe, I, this is the way I hear it at least, this is someone that you're in close relationship. And if you're a believer, then I'm going to assume they're also a believer. All right. So this is a person who's either in your church or they're a believer. You have an obligation to them, I believe, as a I brother and so sister too. in Christ, that if you see that their kid is involved in something that is harmful, right? If you find out that their kid has an eating disorder and you're worried about how that's going to affect your child or that they're somehow involved in something dangerous or, you know, sexual or something like that, I would want as a parent for another parent in my church to come and go, hey, I'm not accusing you of anything. I know how tough it is to parent. I don't know if you know that this is going on. And because I love you and I love your kid, I want you to know, and how can I help? Mm -hmm. How can I help? What can me and my child who has influence with your kid, what can we do to help, mm -hmm. right? If it's behavior that you just don't like and isn't necessarily sinful or harmful, you may need to keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you don't use your influence. Maybe you do. Maybe you have a conversation going, hey, I noticed they say this word a lot. Why are you letting them say that word? Well, if you're, yeah, and if you are friends. Yeah, like have those kind of open yeah. conversations. And maybe you've done all of this and you've now determined that, hey, they're refusing to move towards the center on this. They're refusing to move towards right. me or even move towards what Jesus calls healthy. They're allowing this to happen. Then maybe, yes, there's... Then maybe. Yeah, yeah, because there certainly is within the church. It's like church discipline where right. you eventually get to a point. You go, this person is kind of no longer... They're not going to repent. They're not... Right. This thing is sinful or harmful. Maybe. It does not sound like that is what has happened at no. this point. It sounds like these kids are having this thing that you think is in bad influence and you are choosing to say, I want to walk away from the relationship because of mm -hmm. that. And I really want to challenge you if you're listening to this and, and I'm, I, I'm your pastor and Molly's your pastor. Uh, that is, that is not the Christ-like approach to this. Mm -hmm. uh, just to walk away without any explanation. Uh, I would at least encourage you to have a conversation and say, hey, here's what I see that's going on. Mm -hmm. And, and start it from, here's what I, I see in my kid, too. Yes. Especially if it's stuff like, if it is the behavior thing, if it yes. is the way that your child comes home talking to mm -hmm. her, start with your own child. Yes. And then it needs to be more of a conversation of, hey, Nathan, I noticed that when our kids hang out, sometimes my child... You know, comes home speaking expressly. This is what we're, we're. This is how I'm working on it at home. Yes. Like I would talk to you like a friend and just help tell have you understand. This is my concern in general. It is not. I'm not saying your child is telling right. my kid to say X. Well, it's really important to. I mean, we didn't hit on this a lot, but I really do. You, you don't. I don't know. Maybe you somehow know, and you're there, and you, you've seen it all happen. You don't know your kid's not equally involved. Right. I remember one time. Uh, my dad was telling us because he was we were the ones involved that another parent had come to him and said, hey, you know, I saw this behavior in your kid. And I just want you to know my kid says that, you know, one of your sons, he he lies and he tells lies sometimes. And my dad said, yep, that tracks. Like, <laughs> yep, kids lie. That's not shocking to me that my yes. son would lie. And they and he said, you know, your kid probably lies, too, sometimes. And that parent was like, oh, uh -uh, no, they would never do that. And there's this feeling of sometimes as a parent, we think being supportive of our kid is to assume how somehow they would never tell a lie. To know that wow. my kid is sinful mm -hmm. and not sinful like dirty and bad, sinful in that they are tempted just like I have been right. tempted to do things that are not for my good. And my, always are. <laughs> yes, and my kid is in the same way, so to take up that. The final thing I think we wanted to say, because uh, we said 20 minutes and We've it's been gone way over. 35 minutes. Oh, jeez. Uh, so I just want to say this at the end. I think the best thing you can do in any situation where 
you notice something going on with your kid that is beyond your control, mm-hmm. right? If it, once again, if they're in the age where you can control them, stepping in is exactly right. the right thing. When they are out of your control and you need to influence, your primary question needs to be, how can I increase my influence, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes that's just through a conversation. Sometimes that's through honesty, like you said, vulnerability, saying, hey, I struggle right. sometimes. How can I help you with this? Another one that I would say, if, if, if you have a kid that, and I would say in the teenage age, and they're hanging out with kids that you're not so sure about, you don't know if anything's going on, but you're not sure, increase your influence by telling your friend, hey, we, instead of y'all just hanging out all by yourself somewhere, how about y'all hang out at our house and I'll make it fun. We'll give you the downstairs right. to just hang out, you know. I'll let you hang out in the living room. Y'all can play video games. You can be as loud as you want. You can be as goofy as you want. Right. You know, and you and you as a parent may have to deal with, if they're teenagers, they're going to say things that are crude and crass that you don't like. And it's even okay for you to say like, hey, don't say stuff like right. that because that's influence you have. And you'll be surprised. Even the teenagers are kind of like, oh yeah, miss whatever. Oh, Mr. So-and-so, I'm so, I'm so sad. Sorry, I, I know I'm not supposed to say that because they will be so relieved. They will go where they are accepted and wanted. Exactly. And then now you not only have influence over your kid, you have influence over the other kid. Oh yeah, I mean I've seen this so many times in my life, and I think back to when I was when I was growing up. My brother, in particular, who was a couple years older than me, he had a group of friends, and they spent a ton of time at our house. In yeah. fact, we we had open campus for lunch. You could go to places for oh, lunch, wow. and so my mom would say, well, you guys can pick up your lunch and come eat here. And, and that became, you know, time after school or, and so eventually these kids were at our house sometimes without my brother even there. Mm -hmm. And then my brother went away to college and these kids still now, you know, however many years later, I don't want to say how many, but they're still very involved. And my parents had tremendous influence in their lives and in my, and in the life of my brother who felt like it's okay for me to go make friends and whoever they are, I can bring home and, 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 you know, it, it was such a great thing to be modeled to me. Yes. Uh, last weekend or a couple weekends ago, Henry had a friend from school spend the night and they were obnoxious and loud and they were really driving me nuts. They were watching some stuff on um, YouTube, but they were in the living room with us and it was just stupid stuff that like, quite, I just didn't want to hear it. Yes. You know, but I, you know, I just yes. did my thing and I, I was listening to what it, and they were laughing so hard and Ben said, they're driving me crazy. And I said, I know, but they're here. Yes. But they're here and they want to be here. Yes. And so and now let's you let have them. that influence. Yes. And if the influence you need to increase is over the other parent, spend more time with them right. and have these conversations, especially if they're a brother or sister in Christ, especially if they are within your church community. You owe it to them to increase your connection with them. And once again, Maybe everything we've said does, has no bearing on anything in your situation because maybe maybe your situation is more unique than what we're talking about. But I think these are some pretty good guidelines. I think so too. What you want is to increase control, uh, increase influence. Not you control. want to the, the great do, thing yes. in your mind that you want is to increase control. You want to shift and create and create because you want influence. to create a trusting relationship with your kid, mm-hmm. where you know eventually when they go off to college or become an adult, they may they may now have. T- Tasted and seen how good the way the Lord tells us to do things is because they've seen it. Uh, and like you said a while ago, if the relationship ultimately is not good for you, mm-hmm. you will eventually make changes in it. And yes. so your child, if you have influenced them correctly, mm-hmm. if you have, um, if they have been 
influence to see the goodness they mm-hmm. will handle this they will handle it yeah correctly how, yeah. how God wants them to so if we didn't answer that well send us another question be more specific and we'll try and answer that one yes absolutely so y'all have a great day and send us some questions have a good one have a good one